This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. Joined by intern Nate. Hello. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com, broadcasting out of the hero of the working class and best-looking member of DSA, Brandon Hinky Studios. I'm not saying that Senator Kirsten Gillibrand listens to District Sentinel Radio, but she does. (laughs) That's right. Weeks after your call for postal banking... Specifically in response to payday lenders. Gillibrand drops a bill in response to payday lenders promoting postal banking. Obviously, I'm not actually mad about this. This is insanely good. Very good. Uh, Gillibrand, she's running. She's making all the right moves, except for endorsing Andrew Cuomo. Whether or not this is authentic... Remains to be seen, but the legislation, the, the the meat is in the soup. I mean, like it's happening. The legislation is out there. It's not just talk, you know. At least the recipes for meat soup are being written so they True. can be quickly picked up and used when Democrats uh, once again are in control of the meat soup factory. What kind of meat are we talking about? We should amend that to uh, uh, be more vegetarian inclusive on second thought. Root vegetables in the soup. Rutabagas, potatoes. Potatoes, turnips, rutabagas, carrots. turnips. Uh, maybe a little kohlrabi. What is that? It's like a psychedelic. It's like a radish, beet. right? Yeah, it looks or like a. a it's like it's like purple and white uh, striped. They're weird. Huh. Question, you like, fellas. You like psychedelic fruits and vegetables. Yeah, there's yeah. Question, uh, is celery a root vegetable by definition? Probably. I mean, well, there is the celery root. But maybe, I think celery is actually uh, a type of green. It's a question for the discourse. And then it's root. It's root is celery root. Which you can do a lot of things with as well. (laughs) Good, Good to know. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Five bucks a month gets you access to bonus content. It also gets you your own haiku. Help support our little news co-op, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Quick note, I mentioned on yesterday's show that we have a live show coming up this week on Friday in Northern Virginia. I lied. We don't. I didn't lie, but uh, that fundraiser has been canceled, so... They no longer need our services, so we'll just be hanging out Friday. <laughs> we will do a Sentinel cast, though, for our subscribers. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, we, we're no longer doing the live show on Friday, so come hang out. Uh, but actually don't, because I'm exhausted. Yeah. I've, I, I need a few days off once this work week is over. Same. Let's get to the newscast. It's Wednesday, April 25th, 2018. Here's the news. Mike Pompeo is now expected to squeak through the confirmation process, as we noted on yesterday's show, but the same cannot yet be said for the woman picked to replace him at the CIA, current agency deputy director Gina Haspel. 
Though Pompeo has the backing of three Democrats, Haspel still doesn't have any. Rand Paul hasn't yet flip-flopped like he did on Pompeo. And Susan Collins might still vote against Haspel. Not only that, should John McCain defy the odds and make a miraculous recovery, he also might be a no vote against Haspel. So if, if just Paul holds and McCain is absent and all Dems vote no, Haspel's nomination as CIA director will be rejected. Making matters more complicated for the process, the CIA said yesterday that it will allow senators to review only some of Haspel's records. And bear in mind, this is already done behind closed doors. And public disclosure might not happen at all. Haspel, of course, played a role in the post-9-11 torture program and the subsequent cover-up by the agency. Today, the CIA's response to calls for disclosure prompted harsh criticism from three Senate Democrats, Dianne Feinstein, Martin Heinrich, and Ron Wyden. They called the agency review, quote, wholly inadequate, concealing her background when no sources and methods are at stake show nothing but contempt for the Senate and the public, the three senators also noted. Haspel's nomination hearing before the Senate Intelligence Committee is scheduled for May 9th. For Mike Pompeo, his full floor vote shouldn't start until tomorrow or Friday at the earliest. Which Democrat do you think will support Haspel first? <laughs> that, I mean, that's the real my, question. My money's always on Mansion. Yeah, I was going to say either Mansion or High Camp. I would. I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm leaning away from Mansion here because I saw some reporting that said he actually tracked back on a uh, on a nominee in a totally non-national security related agency who had some sort of. Uh, tangential history to the torture program and that alone caused Manchin to rethink this so surprising I know I, I but I, I, I'm guessing height camp Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson now acting like America's shittiest landlord. Carson on Wednesday proposed rent hikes on low-income Americans receiving government housing assistance. Now, under these programs, tenants pay about 30% of their income toward rent, but Carson wants to jack that up to 35%. Also, the poorest families currently have their rent capped at $50 a month. Carson proposes raising that cap to $150 a month. The Washington Post reports that HUD also seeks to change the deductions that could be considered when determining a tenant's rent, eliminating deductions for medical and child care costs. Also, similar moves to what we're seeing at the state level with Medicaid recipients, Carson wants to impose work requirements on individuals who receive assistance. With Mulvaney and Pruitt out there getting into scandals and doing awful shit, it's sometimes easy to forget Ben Carson is still out there being terrible too. Reports of sexual assault in the military jumped 10% in 2017. That's according to the Associated Press, which said the rise was in large part due to a 15% rise in reported assaults in the Marine Corps. The Navy and the Air Force, meanwhile, had increases of reported assaults around 9%, while in the Army, they jumped by 8%. At this point, it's unclear why last year saw such a drastic jump in reported assaults, but these numbers do come amid the fallout from a massive nude photo sharing scandal that was first uncovered in the Marines, but has since been identified as an armed services-wide problem. In total, the U.S. military saw 6,769 individual reported cases of sexual assault in 2017. Depressing shit. Maybe a bump from the Me Too movement yeah, response to Harvey well. Weinstein and everything. 
Another defeat in the courts for the Trump administration, Bush appointee Judge John Bates of the U.S. District Court in D.C. ruled that the Trump administration not only can't end the DACA program as it has tried to do, but it also must begin taking new applicants. Judge Bates's order doesn't take effect for 90 days, giving the Trump administration an opportunity to make a better legal case for why the program should end. Bates called the White House's decision to end DACA, quote, arbitrary and capricious, and he found the legal reasoning the government provided to be, quote, meager. In a separate matter involving the administration's immigration powers, the Supreme Court on Wednesday heard oral arguments related to Trump's Muslim travel ban. Justices are weighing in on the third version of the travel ban, a policy that has undergone several tweaks since it set off a wave of protests around the country over a year ago. Early reporting suggested that the conservative majority on the high court was sympathetic to the administration's arguments that it had the authority to execute its travel restrictions on several majority Muslim nations. Of course, to get to that point, justices will have to ignore the several statements Trump himself has made describing his actions as specifically a Muslim ban. There was an eyebrow-raising report in the New York Times last night about our old pal Mick Mulvaney. Yesterday, the temporary CFPB head and top White House budget aide spoke at a bank lobbyist conference here in D.C., and Mulvaney literally admitted to only meeting with lobbyists who gave him money as an elected official. Quote, We had a hierarchy in my office in Congress. If you're a lobbyist who never gave us money, I didn't talk to you. If you're a lobbyist who gave us money, I might talk to you. End of quote. Only money. Doing his best Watto impression there. I think that's that's illegal, and it's a pretty high standard nowadays. Yeah. Well, uh, Senator Sherrod Brown expounded on this point today on the Senate floor and the legality of it. Here he was this afternoon. I mean, I guess you can't call that bribery. I'm not suggesting exactly it's bribery, but you're saying, you're saying if you didn't give me money, I wouldn't talk to you. If you gave me money, maybe I'll talk to you. I, I, I you know, I, again, I don't, I'm not a lawyer. I don't think that's under the classification of bribery, but I think it's pretty awful. If the policy from his congressional office has been his policy at OMB and his policy at the Consumer Bureau, it's corrupted all of his work. It's it's hard to believe anything, any, 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 anything otherwise. Mr. Mulvaney should resign, Mr. President. He should resign. Damn, perhaps Sherrod Brown also pulled a Kirsten Gillibrand and listened to Sentinel Radio recently because my dude Sam Sachs, he also said that Dems should try to impeach Mulvaney. Yeah. Brown also said he wanted Mulvaney to release the full list of people he has met with while serving in the administration. It'd be interesting to see... If that list includes Janet Matriciani, the ex-payday industry CEO who sent Mulvaney a thank you letter after closing an investigation. I Along say th- with her resume. Yeah, I say thank you letter. He also, she also attached her resume asking to be the, the next permanent CFPB director. It's very funny because if you read later on what Mulvaney said, he said he, this wasn't corruption because he was listening to his constituents and just doing a democracy. Just the ones who paid, though. Yeah. Well, right, right. He, he said there was the hierarchy, whereas any of his constituents would meet with him. However, if you weren't his constituent and wanted to meet with him, pay him some money. Only money. <laughs> Sounds a little fishy to me. Like, you could pretty much do anything as a politician and not get convicted of corruption or bribery as we saw in the mcdonald case bob mcdonald in virginia but if you're dumb enough to say what mick mulvaney just said that's the only way pretty much you can be convicted on this stuff so uh yeah impeach mick 
Finally today, when it comes to the U.S. government, there's a budgeting process. Congress sets the funding levels for executive agencies and appropriates those funds to those agencies, spend them. Well, the Trump administration is trying to get around it, and two Democratic lawmakers have caught wind of it. Senator Patty Murray and Representative Rosa DeLauro sent a letter Wednesday to the National Labor Relations Board warning that agency against imposing its own spending cuts. Bloomberg reported that the White House Office of Management and Budget, there's Mick Mulvaney again, had directed the NLRB to spend at levels below what Congress allotted. That's because Congress fully funded the agency in its budget deal last month, despite the White House requesting a 9% cut at the NLRB. The NLRB is moving forward as though its budget was cut, and it's engaging in austerity measures that could impact its ability to protect labor rights. In their letter, Murray and DeLauro informed the NLRB's general counsel that any decision to fund the board at levels lower than what Congress appropriated, absent an official rescission request to Congress, would be, quote, an extreme act of bad faith and violate federal budget laws. All right, that is the newscast for today. Before we go, let's check out the old listener rant line. Hey, gentlemen, uh, this is Greg in Cincinnati. I was going to call and leave this message for the 420 show. It's, uh, it's a good thing I didn't. For those in non-legal states, insert ball bearing into grinder, shake a few times, maximize key field. Have a good one, guys. Take heed, listeners. I think he was giving some very good advice about Keith. Yes, Greg which is a wise man over Keith, there Keith, in Cincinnati. Keith is like the savings bank of, of like if your grinder has a Keith catcher, that is like a savings bank for weed. Interest. And let me just say, after rolling fifty joints for our four twenty party, my uh, Keith savings is looking pretty good. Postal Keith bank. I, I I still don't know if we're ever gonna get that recording, but. Just now, shout out to Alan Ventano for calling in to the uh, 420 rant line. That was awesome. Yeah. I think that got the biggest cheer of the night. Hi, this message is for Sam Knight. I just wanted to say that the reigning and defending two-time Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins are going to booty blast the Washington Capitals once again. Internate, guilty. Uh, yeah, they probably are. The Caps are probably going to lose to the Pens. I don't... What's the point of this? Are are you proud of yourself? It happens every year. Why should this year be any different? I will say Sam Knight has been walking around the Sentinel newsroom with just this inkling of optimism. He's letting letting it happen to himself again. Officially, this is not true, and I must deny this. Hey, guys. This is Adam from Columbus, and I just wanted to say congratulations to the Washington Capitals who were so inspired by the the life and service of Barbara Bush, former First Lady, um, that they came back and won their series against the Blue Jackets. Um, It's nice to see a professional sports team have such reverence for the mother and wife of of great leaders. So congratulations to the Washington Capitals who loved the Bushes. Washington Capitals guilty. Okay, so there. I was doing some, uh, you know, just Twitter, random Twitter searching um, about this subject, and I do have an alternate theory, which is evidently 
Caps fans were complaining in Houston. Caps fans in the Houston area were complaining on Twitter about the Barbara Bush funeral cutting in to game three. Or game one of the games. I can't remember. Game three or game two. One of the games. So maybe this is revenge. Maybe this is revenge. Alternate theory, for whatever reason, Barbara Bush's ghost is just haunting the other team now. I can't explain it, dude. It's just, that doesn't mean we like her. She's just fucking there. She's a banshee wandering the netherworld, uh, stuck in between the life and the afterlife, and she's just haunting the opposing hockey team. I don't know, man. They say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. But you are not insane, Sam, because this time is different. The Penguins not only are going up against the Capitals, but they're going up against the ghost of Barbara Bush. Just saying, it'll be tough to overcome. Call the rant line, 202-684-6108. Sponsors of the show include the Congressional Dish podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, levelnews.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell your friends to listen. The newscast returns tomorrow. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be.